Welcome to a uh, solemn episode of uh, House of Decline, uh, where uh, usually I'm not one to talk about the news or heavy politics and stuff, but uh, this is the only thing that's been on my mind for a full, a, a, a big while. Of course, it's the uh, current conflict between Israel and Palestine that's going on where uh, Hamas attacked Israel and there were a lot of casualties and then Israel responded as they always do with uh, exponential retaliation in what uh, seems like is an encroaching genocide. They've already outnumbered the Israeli casualties uh, by, by a huge margin, not to mention shutting off the water and electricity in Gaza and using various war crime tactics and white phosphorus against them as well. It's a really bad situation. Uh, I want to make it clear up top at the episode that I am pro-Palestine. I don't stand with Israel on this. You know, however, this current conflict started, the roots of it go back many ways. And uh, while I should be elevating Palestinian voices and something that I should do right up top, you could listen to the rest of the episode, uh, but donate to the PCRF the MAP, uh, donate to any of those that you can find the relevant Palestinian charities online. The most notable ones are the MAP, the Medical Aid for Palestinians, and uh, the PCRF, the Palestinian Children's Relief Fund. We'll have links to charities in uh, the show information. So uh, in UNRWA. There. And uh, which one? UNRWA, the UN uh, Relief and Works Agency. That's a good one too, Jeremy. Yeah. And that's our guest for today is Jeremy Appel. Um, oh yeah, hi. Sorry, I botched the intro. You don't. Who cares? It's it's conversational. It's uh, yeah. you know we have a we have a laid back quality here. You know, even though I yeah. tried to do a sort of professional thing because uh, stuff is bad and I don't want to make light of it. I don't want to get too you know jokey jokey or anything right now. You know. Still, we'll talk about it in a conversational way. But this is Jeremy Appel, journalist, longtime friend of the show, uh, follower of this uh, uh, of the of these events because we're we're both very invested in it because we're both Jews, and uh, and so uh, tell tell me about that. Tell me about how you came as a Jewish person. Were you initially indoctrinated into believing that Israel was good and then had a reckoning with it? And what was that like? Yeah, no, I came from a very uh, Zionistic uh, upbringing. Uh, my grandmother uh, was a survivor of Auschwitz. Uh, my, her husband, my grandfather, fought with the uh, Royal Canadian Air Force in World War II, uh, killing some Nazis, very proud of him, uh, and her, uh, you know, amazing people, but they were, uh, I guess, you know, understandably, uh, extremely Zionist. Um, you know, that was seen as sort of their, um, you know, they saw it as a, a, a redemption arc, which I think a lot of people, a lot of like Jewish boomers, like the kids of that generation do. Yeah. Right. Not a revenge uh, arc, but we will make a shining city on the hill thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's, I think how it was perceived in, in much of the Western world. Um, you know, actually my, my, my grandparents, they met Menachem Begin, uh, when, uh, 
he was like uh, the, I guess, the opposition leader in Israel in like, I don't know, the 60s. Uh, they have a signed copy of his book, uh, The Revolt, which is quite revolting, mm-hmm. the book. Very, uh, you know, he Begin was sort of the 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 the, the right wing uh, revisionist Zionism that was more. Uh, I mean, it wasn't all that different from the sort of more moderate labor Zionism mm-hmm. that founded Israel, but it was yeah. more, I guess, mask off. Yeah, there is um, a difference between Ben Gurion and that guy. Yeah, yeah, and especially on domestic matters, right? Yeah. Like, like labor was like social democratic. Um, but I, I mean, until now, the worst crimes committed in Israel's history were done by by the Labour Party, mm-hmm. right? The 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 Nakba. But um, anyways, that was uh, I digress. Um, you know, so I was raised. You know, Israel is uh, great. I went to a Jewish day school where you know it was drilled into our heads mm-hmm. that Israel is great. The Arabs hate us because uh, people just hate Jews. It, you know, it's it's part of this uh, historical continuum mm-hmm. where um, yeah. it's just us and 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 them and them is everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, um, you know, of course, coming out of Auschwitz, that uh, that you know, that being part of my grandmother's worldview is like totally understandable. And you know, I. Um, and you know, in 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 my parents as well. I mean, yeah, and in, in right. I mean, like also yeah, when for, you're so close to a genocide yourself, the desire for security at any cost is very understandable. Right, and it creates blind spots. Actually, her parents, her parents were like, um, I mean, they uh, were pro-Soviet uh, immediately after the war. Like they were socialists, um, but then, uh, you know, fifty six, like the 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 crimes of Stalin, um, sort or alleged crimes of Stalin, yeah. um, are um, addressed by Khrushchev, and I think they shifted their their sort of uh, ideological inclinations towards Zionism, which at the time. Yeah. Like going from Soviet Union to Israel now seems like like going from one extreme to the other. Mm. But at the time, uh, I mean, again, Israel was nominally uh, socialist, right? I mean, mm. kibbutzes uh, were yeah. uh, they, they were, were collectivists, but they were commies, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. And that's why America wasn't enthusiastic about uh israel i mean my partner's been rewatching mad men and i've sort of just yeah there's a whole sequence in mad men about them doing ads for israel yeah and they're just like i don't know sounds like some commie bullshit to me <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah and i mean it was eisenhower in in 56 who threatened to cut off aid to israel um after they uh invaded uh Egypt with Britain and France, right, to try and topple uh, the nationalist president Gamal Abdel Nasser. Um, but uh, anyways, I you know I went to Jewish day school. We were taught Israel was amazing. Uh, that you know falafel was an Israeli food. Yeah, that's which, the mo- that's one of the most fucked up lies. That's one of the most fucked up pieces of Hasbara is is uh, <laughs> falafel is an Israeli food. No, we didn't. Well, it's just no. I mean, it stems from the fucked up Hasbara lie that Jews are indigenous to right. Palestine, which totally obscures what indigeneity means in in, in practice. 
And, um, you know, I mean, you go back to the early Zionist um, figures like Theodore Herzl, Mm -hmm. who was explicitly like, yeah, I want to create a colony for Jews in Palestine, and I want the support of colonial powers to do it, right? We're going to create an island of civilization in a sea of barbarism, right? And and and, and Jabotinsky, who is sort of the 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 forerunner of like um Netanyahu's type of Zionism, though Netanyahu took it much further, but like you know, Begin, who I mentioned earlier, that mm-hmm. that sort of more right-wing Zionism was like, yeah, um, of course we're colonizing um um the, the palestine and uh you know why would the arabs accept us i mean we're taking their land he was quite open right and and so it's funny seeing all these husband accounts being like did you know that jews are indigenous to israel <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't do colonialism. i was told that as a kid as well yeah. you know we were driven out of the land all of our stories are about being driven out of the land as well and you know you 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 practice Passover, you practice Purim every year, and you're told this land is owed to you, you know, right from when you were a very little baby. And you believe yeah. that, too, because it's, you know, you're itinerant. If you were anything like me, I was a nerd. So I identified with, with Jewish people inherently, the, the nerds of history, you know, who <laughs> are always getting beaten up on there, descending into jokey yeah. joke territory. But. And so I remember in 2000, when I was like nine years old, almost 10, summer of 2000, I remember like earlier that year, my mom picked me up from school and she was like, guess what? We're going to Israel this summer. It was a celebration of my grandfather's 80th birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just so jubilant. I remember that, like thinking that was the coolest thing ever. And, yeah. you know, and, and I, have you ever been to Israel? I've never been to Israel. I mean, that's that's my story of how I became skeptical of Israel was the birthright phone call. That basically just turned me right off of it. Oh, so you almost went to Israel? I almost went to Israel. I mean, like, my story of how I just got, like, turned off of Israel is really quick. It was one phone call from birthright where, you know, me and my friend didn't know anything about politics right after college. So we're like, well, we're both Jewish. You know, we'll go on birthright. It's a fun thing to do after college. You go on vacation. You see an interesting place. You know, there's nothing political about it. Israel's just a country, right? You know, just like any other country, like going to France. Apparently, it's very similar to us. They have row houses. They have technology. Ooh, they have Western-style apartment blocks. It sort of looks like weird Miami. Uh and so, you know, uh, you think that's what's going to happen. But the guy on the phone was just, it was a, like a really aggressive sales pitch, which many other people have talked to me about their experience with like birthright recruiting uh, of, uh, or just have noted in general that it's like, it have, have, were you birthright recruited with a very aggressive guy? No, I actually never went on birthright um, okay. because... I had I went to Israel a couple times with my family before that. So I was just like, I know I probably still could have gone on birthright, but by that time I was sort of realizing that Israel that um I wasn't too fond of the state of Israel. Yeah. Though I do remember again, the first time I went there, it was really cool seeing um you know, like Orthodox Jews, like busking on the street and like selling stuff, you know, having all these signs in Hebrew, which I, right. I went to a Jewish day school. I learned Hebrew and, um, 
I, I mean, I, I didn't learn it well. I can't, I can't really speak any, I know Hebrew when I hear it and I, uh, cross the street, but, uh, um, uh, I, I, uh, and it was really like, uh, uh, a good experience. I met my Israeli cousins who I, you know, and I've, I've met them since that we've grown older and they're, they're good people. I, I, I like them and I'm happy that, uh, as of now they're safe, but then, uh, of course the, the second intifada broke out, uh, in late 2000, uh, like a month or two after uh, I was there because Ariel Sharon, who's like this right-wing extremist um, Israeli politician who was a former general uh, when Israel invaded Lebanon in the 80s, and he presided over the Sabra Shatila massacre, um, which we may maybe talk about in a bit because some of the things... Yeah, there's been a lot of disinfo are... referencing that specifically, but saying that Palestinians committed it. Yeah, 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 without any uh, substantiation. Yeah. Um, and he decided to show up. This was, right, there was this peace process in the 90s. I don't think we have time to um, um, yeah. uh, sort of uh, yeah. deconstruct it, but as you can see, it didn't It didn't pan yeah. out. And But um, Sharon uh, went with like a thousand armed soldiers to uh you know the 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 temple mount and the Aqsa mosque in jerusalem to 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 make the showing that we're the ones in charge here like don't forget it yeah. and that sort of sparked which uh, this tension that had already been building up right mm -hmm. it wasn't it, it wasn't like um it was completely spontaneous, but mm -hmm. that was sort of the, 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 but it was grassroots and that was sort of the, 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 that sort of lit the match. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, I was in, you know, in Toronto, I just knew what my parents and my relatives told me that, oh, the Arabs trying to kill us. They're blowing up buses in Tel Aviv. Israel's trying to defend itself, but, um, uh, you know, uh, all these Palestinian terrorists um, are, uh, you know, hiding behind civilians. Yasser Arafat is just like Hitler. Um, yeah. You know, all, all this yeah, stuff. All the, and then, all the classics, you know. All the, yeah, out, yeah, just, so. it's, the, it's the same talking points you hear yeah. today. It's just, there's like, it, they're just become, like, becoming so inconceivable. Yeah. Like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. We're difficult to prove, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we've heard this all before. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're in, but, um, yeah, and I thought nothing of it. Like, I, I thought, you know, uh, they killed Arafat or he died after yeah. they, like, bombed his, like, I, it was crazy what they did to Arafat. Like, uh, just, like, pulling up tanks to his, like, house. And just like bombing, they knew what room he was in, and just bombing all the rooms around it. Yeah. Um. And he wasn't allowed to leave. And then, and then he died. And 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 one thing about, and obviously I didn't know this at the time, but one thing Arafat was was very strong at was keeping the Palestinian factions united. Mm -hmm. Right. There wasn't this split between Hamas and Fatah yeah. that sort of Israel and, and with U.S. support yeah. and European support really exploited uh, years later. But it was so there are a few things that that really started to change my perspective, and I don't quite remember the order they happened in. Mm -hmm. But 
The first one that stands out to me is when Israel invaded Lebanon in 2006. Because by this point, I was like paying attention to politics. I knew I was a progressive. Um, You know, I, I, I didn't like Stephen Harper. I didn't like George W. Bush. And, uh, you know, and I remember Israel just bombing the shit out of Lebanon and killing mostly civilians. Mm-hmm. And George W. Bush, it got to a point where George W. Bush was like, okay, we need to have a ceasefire. Mm-hmm. And Ehud Olmer, who politics have shifted so far to the right in Israel that Ehud Olmer is like a left winger now. Um, but he was just like, I remember him going on TV and being like, there will never be a ceasefire we're going to bomb them for peace, mm-hmm. right? You know, and I thought that was weird. Like, what, how's this guy more, how's George Bush, like, like the voice of restraint here? That, and then, of course, again, the same set of talking points that gets repeated every time. Oh, well, Israel's not trying to kill civilians. It's just Hezbollah. Um, you know, that's where they store their rockets. So, we, yeah. sorry, we have to kill civilians. And it's like... Of course, at the time, I didn't know the, sort of the intricacies of guerrilla warfare. And it's like, yeah, no shit. Like, we're, like it, it, it's, but um, of course, they're going to um, do warfare from like urban areas, right? Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, you can just get away with anything. Yeah. By saying, and, you know, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, they're not interested in preserving the lives of civilians because they can get away with it. Uh, yeah. And then around that time, it was also I, I I went to for 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 two years in high school. I went to a, a, a Jewish high school um, uh, in Toronto called Chat Canadian Hebrew Academy of Toronto, and and then the second two years, I was like, okay, I want to like meet people who aren't like Ashkenazi Jews, like, yeah. but. Um, uh, in, in one of our Hebrew classes, they, they showed us this dot. Cause again, also part of this indoctrination is, oh, when you go to university, there's going to be so much anti-Semitism and you're going to have to stand up for Israel. Oh, because yeah. Right. That, that scare. And so as part of this, it was actually, our, our teacher was Israeli and she showed us this actually really good documentary that I'm sure some of your listeners have seen called Discordia. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen that? No, I haven't seen uh, Discordia. What's that? So do you remember when Netanyahu tried to speak at Concordia? This was because he was prime minister first in 97, 98, right? And, yeah. and, and then he got voted out. They voted Ehud Barak in and then Ariel Sharon. And, and then Netanyahu came back in like 2009. But he but, was still internationally popular because he was sort yeah, of yeah. vaguely handsome military strongman and Israel. Yeah, had, yeah. Know, and, they had better PR at the time. Yeah. And he's like an effective communicator. Like he, that, that, that's how his career started. He was going on because, of course, Netanyahu is not, is from Philadelphia. He's, yeah. He's, he's from not King of Prussia, Philly, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, they had him in the 80s just going on as like a Israeli government like media uh, uh, surrogate and just lying on TV about the war in Lebanon, about the Intifada. And there was there was I remember reading uh, later on uh, Edward Said, mm-hmm. um, Edward's the great uh, Palestinian uh, American scholar, Edward Said, 
um, was supposed to debate Netanyahu at one point, mm-hmm. and Netanyahu demanded, he's like, we cannot be in, in, like, Netanyahu refused to be in the same studio as him, because he said, this man wants to kill me. And, um, and, and, and like, if you read Edward Said, like, I, I, I mean, pretty mild it, guy. <laughs> he's, he's one of the milder guys, you know? Yeah. Doesn't seem very violent or anything like that. Yeah. And still, uh, Commentary Magazine called him the professor of terror. Because... <laughs> he's, he's, because... he's like the, he's like the most normal man on earth. But, you know, that's... Oh, yeah. And so, but anyways, um, so Netanyahu tried to speak at Concordia, uh, some pro-Israel group on campus invited him, and there was, like, a fucking riot. Um, you know, students protest against it, and it sort of yeah. devolved into a riot. And in that documentary, which they showed us in, in, in Jewish day school, and they actually, the teacher asked us, like, do we think those... Like, are those Palestinian activists anti-Semitic? And there was actually a debate about it in class. Come to think of it, that was kind of, um, that was something I think only an Israeli teacher would have actually facilitated, right? Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, there, there are pretty big differences about how Israel's talked about in Israel and how it's talked about in diaspora Jewish mm-hmm. communities that um, are kind of, the distinctions are kind of nuanced because it's not like, um you know, people think that because there are so many Israelis protesting their government and there are so many that blame them for the current crisis that they're against, like, what the military is doing and they're not, right? Like, they may blame Netanyahu for uh, letting the Hamas, you know, massacres take place, which I think is probably true. Um, They deliberately... Um, allowed it to happen. Well, yeah, um, I, I mean, yeah, all the, I don't want to say for sure. I don't want to say for certain, but there was a bunch of intelligence ignored. Yeah, which is convenient. And Netanyahu, I mean, remember on, on September 11th, Netanyahu was asked by the New York Times, what, 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 what do you think this means for uh, America's relationship with Israel? And he said, I think it's very good. And then he was like, well, not very good, but yeah. I think it will like strengthen our relationship because America knows what we go through. But in going the New York Times reporter for keeping the very good in there, right? Because yeah. um, that, I mean, that tells you everything about who this guy is. I mean, it was also during the, um, I mean, the, the Yitzhak Rabin, the Israeli prime minister who, you know, signed the shoddy peace agreement with uh, yeah. Yasser Arafat. That was, was really he was like the one progressive guy, the one pseudo progressive gesture gesture. Yeah, because you because he was also during the first intifada, the first Palestinian uprising. He was the defense minister, and he was telling soldiers like, "You need to beat the shit out of these people. I don't care how yeah. old they are. Break their bones, right?" Yeah. And but he was more pragmatic. Right, yeah. that he wanted to reach some sort of uh, yeah. uh, arrangement with the Palestinians where they would accept yeah. subjugation. He wasn't trying to incite Palestinian violence such that he could respond tenfold. Uh, right. He, he. He. Yeah. And and so because I, I think that's a very important distinction between the sort of liberal and like conservative and fascist Israelis is that the liberals are they're more pragmatic, but they it's still the same project, right? Mm-hmm. But. Um, uh, anyways, they show us this documentary on 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 Netanyahu's a- attempt to uh, speak at, at Concordia in the riots, and uh, include they had interviews with Chomsky in it. And I was hearing Chomsky speak, and I was like, "This guy's making a lot of sense. Like, why is it? 
like how is it anti-semitic like you have a state with policies and how is it anti-semitic to say you don't think those policies are humane right and also a really young aaron mate was in it because he was like a campus activist um at concordia um <laughs> really? when it was old. yeah it's really funny actually because i think there's a scene where because mate because right i mean mate's his his you know, his upbringing, very different from ours. I mean, his dad is, you know, Gabor Mate, who's always been a very strong voice uh, in support of Palestinian human rights. And he's also a Holocaust survivor, which is, um, but, um, you know, he was part of, and I remember, I think Mate was arguing with his Palestinian friends in the Palestine Solidarity Group being like, well, why don't we just let him speak? Like, who cares? Like, why, you know, why, why are we, part and, Anyways, yeah. sunshine is the best disinfectant. Was it, or was he trying to make one of those arguments? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Which, um, um, uh, yeah, that 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 was my, and because also around that time too, uh, like uh, I, that was also my view on. Like I was a free speech absolutist when yeah. I was a teenager because I didn't, uh, you know. I mean, before the internet, that position I think was a lot yeah, more defensible. Yeah, because of South Park, I was a free speech absolutist because of freaking South Park. That's yeah, that's why I took on that uh, role. But no, I think it seems like a tenable position because you know you learn about. I mean, it's I mean, it, the what sort of got me weirded out about free speech absolutism was just learning the history behind Skokie v. Illinois. You know, it's something that is very much anti-Semitic you know, and very much seemed like a threat to me immediately, you know, is these fucking Nazis in my backyard, right in the Midwest, you know, and they're being allowed to speak the ACLU's fighting for them. What the fuck? You know, <laughs> I was like, you know, this is, I'm all for this shit, but you know, come on, come on. <laughs> this one is, yeah, that, that's sort of what turned yeah. me off on it. But, um, but speak, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, 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 I was, so it's the discordia and, uh, you know, uh, events around the time, you know, uh, the, the the bombing of Yasser Arafat, you know, that made you reconsider stuff as as like a teenager or. Yeah, I mean, the Arafat, it was after that, because I was just like, oh, this guy's like Hitler. He's a terrorist. He's yeah, just right, like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, Osama bin Laden. We have, yeah. You know, and, and it was later that I sort of reevaluated that position. Uh, but then I started, I was like, yeah, this Chomsky guy, like, he seems to, like, I'm interested in what he has to say. Like, I just didn't never occurred to me that a Jewish person could have uh, a, a different sort of understanding in relationship to the state of Israel yeah, than just you, you total literally like, think, like yeah every Jewish yeah like diaspora boy right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, you, you know I was I mean that's why I mean Ellie Valley's I, I mean the, the comics are so good he just nails it he nails what it's like to grow up in that environment in the like sheer um insanity of of, of like what we're expected to believe yeah um but. Yeah, and I, so I started reading Chomsky, and that really changed my perception. And then, uh, you know, Norman Finkelstein, too, who wrote some yeah. really good books, really meticulously documented yeah. books. Um, and, I mean, has always been a loose cannon. And yeah, you know, he's got really – when he's in his lane, when he's in, the, when he's in the Israel lane, he's good. You know, don't 
<laughs> you know, it's fine. We, we, we don't have to disavow Norm Finkelstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, he's really yeah, good he... on Israel, in fact. Everyone shares that one piece of footage of him. Uh, the crocodile. Uh, tears. Yeah, taking it to the, the another Canadian university, the University of Western Ontario. Oh, uh, yeah, that was at Western. Yeah, that was at Western. And what's funny that about that is that... where. Well, actually, sorry, you go ahead. Well, the Crocodile Tears girl wasn't even Jewish. She was German. No, she wasn't. <laughs> and that's the thing. And that's why you can't sympathize with anyone like that. Because it's like you're offended that he's comparing Israel to the Nazis because you're German. And you don't think your country should be compared to Israel. Like, I mean, that's like so absurd. And that's why people like assume that it's some, um, you know, like Jewish girl who who thinks that like the Holocaust, like crystal knocked is going to happen tomorrow unless, uh, you know, BDS is declared a hate crime. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and yeah. And I tend to, I pick in the pick arguments with my dad and I was like a teenager. Right. So I didn't know as much as I thought I knew. And I wasn't yeah. like respectful and, 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 you know, now I've, you know, sort of come to an understanding with, 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 with my dad that, you know, what the, his, his position on this, which, I, you know, we're never going to agree on, but it, 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 it's based on like a deep seated trauma in like, and, and so I understand that and I'm like more compassionate towards it now. But anyways, went to university, went to York University, which is supposed to be the most anti-Semitic place on yeah. earth, right? Because like students against Israeli apartheid there were like, had like big rallies and stuff. And yeah. I was like, you know, and people I knew would like go up to, they had like a sort of like mock, like apartheid wall mm -hmm. um, that, um uh you know when they were tabling and stuff and it was very noticeable and people i knew would go up to them and be like do you support suicide bombing do you think israel's right to exist why and just like totally narrow-minded and shit and and i would like actually i was actually quite interested in what their perspective was on it because i was starting to get this critical perspective yeah on on, on what i was told and yeah. and yeah i mean i made some good friends uh my friend hamam farah um who's a palestinian canadian uh um uh psychotherapist in in toronto who um has actually been doing a couple of media hits and just absolutely crushing it just talking about what because he's originally from gaza too and he's christian mm. so yeah he's uh you know not that it matters but he's not so fond of hamas himself but mm. um um just talking about like what it's like psychologically for 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 like children in, in to live in gaza where the uh, like think about it like Gaza's been under siege for 16 years. So yeah. there there are a lot of cuz ha, in half of Gaza is under 18. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of people, a lot of kids in Gaza who don't know and they've never left. They've never left. And that is I mean how you know in 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 the way that impacts them psychologically I think is is very important. So anyways that is like a a a, a sort of short the short long version of of my sort of uh um the 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 how i became anti-zionist um and uh but yours was just the birthright phone call. well no it's not just the it's it was interesting for me because i had more liberal uh uh jewish authorities in my life so it's but they still had because they were you know from the second generation of of like people for, uh, after 1948 or after the holocaust they still had that 
very strong memory of that happening and being like, no, we need it. We need security at any cost. You know, we need to, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. You know, we've been kicked around for 5,000 years. This ends today, you know, that sort of mentality, but they still like went to, went to like liberal colleges in the seventies and stuff and, and picked in the eighties and picked stuff up where it was like, well, there are some crimes they do. And I was like, well, isn't that bad? And then they would respond with, you don't understand, you've never been, which is a very <laughs> classic line. I love, I love that line when they, when they use it on you. It's like, but I know they're doing the crimes, right? I know they're doing the very bad things. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, a lot of people haven't been in North Korea and they have some opinions on North Korea. So, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, you just take, uh, in a lot of these Zionist talking points, you just take that, um, argument and you put it on any other uh like world issue and it just it becomes so laughably absurd right mm -hmm. like oh why what you know robin urbach who i guess a lot of your uh, listeners are american don't know she's this um you know right-wing columnist at the globe and mail which is canada's less right-wing national paper but yeah I mean, it's sort of like our wall street journal i guess is comparable well, but not really i'd, I'd say it's more like the washington post yeah in like in in well it's hard to it, like because i would say the national post and financial post would be like the wall street journal like um like they're reporting they do a lot of good reporting uh sometimes uh it's just the canadian media is weird too because it's a lot more concentrated and, yeah like, there's a lot, very less right of way. it yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it's but um yeah she she was literally i mean she was she was tweeting about decapitated babies and then when people pointed out to her um like that's like you're literally spreading disinformation that hasn't been proved she just pivoted to being like well that doesn't even matter what you're saying it's okay to kill babies if you don't chop their heads off like or yeah just typical... did she do the thing where it's like oh so you're demanding to see the pictures you depraved idiot you know you 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 know you picked her it didn't happen what are you you don't take yeah. the word of some random Israeli soldier. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're saying the Jews are lying about being yeah. like, because that the, the decapitated baby stuff in the rapes. I mean, this is blood libel. This yeah. is literally um, using, um, uh, the, you know, the the um, accusation that people are, are, are guilty of these like inhuman acts. Yeah to justify killing them but yeah. the the way she flips it around it's like actually you're doing a blood libel because you're saying the jews are lying yeah. and it, you know it's just this lazy uh conflation of jews with the state of israel that all these pro-israel groups get super mad about they get their knickers up in a knot when yeah. uh other people do it but when but they do it themselves all the time but she she made one point in this twitter thread that was like it's only with Israel that people demand to talk about the context mm -hmm. of these horrible crimes you see uh, committed by Hamas. You never hear people talking about the context behind Ukraine or Syria. And it's just like, do, are you actually that dense? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, no one, what Ukraine never heard of it. Never heard of it. No, no one's like critical of us. And it just shows that these, <laughs> these right-wing columnists, these right-wing pundits just live in a bubble 
of people who think like them and are constantly telling each other that they're brilliant yeah. and, and and that they have good analysis and the, the 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 redeeming quality of twitter even with all it's been through now is the ability to tell these people what people outside of their bubble actually think of them and have them see it and get mad about it. And that's something I don't think when Twitter goes down will ever happen again. Yeah. Well, that's what's so irritating about pointing out disinformation too, is the the utilization of Jewish pain and horrible Jewish stereotypes in order to turn it around and then do something terrible or use it to justify something terrible, I find is deeply irresponsible because it, you know, it's like crying wolf, right? How much longer can any of us get away with it, right? If you diminish the value of what we say we've been through, then, you know, uh, it sort of cheapens the idea that we're, you know, under any sort of threat or existential threat at all. You know, it fucking, uh, uh, yeah, so it's just like the, the most classic uh, anti-Semitic trope, right, is Jews control the media, right? And so yeah. they can, anytime you say, hey, you manipulated the media, they can be like, oh, but so you are doing that. But it's like, no, that's bad faith rendering of that because you actually did manipulate the media. Yeah. And, 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 um, that's another th that was another thing that really made me um reconsider my my support of israel was uh when i went to jewish day school these honest reporting people were like handing out flyers at, at my high school and uh, so i i like there's honest reporting in canada i think there's also honest reporting in states and there's camera like campaign for accuracy in middle east um they're like a pro-Israel media watchdog and they were just saying they were they're handing out these and I think it was when I had already started reading Chomsky and stuff and was like you know a huge part of Chomsky's like uh output um has been criticizing how issues like these are covered in the media and how you know um really in the, that 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 media only starts paying attention when Israelis are killed mm -hmm. right right it doesn't matter that uh 250 Palestinians in the West Bank were shot um, this year until um, September and, 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 yeah. and, and, and every other invasion of Gaza since 2008, yeah. it's always been, there's a ceasefire. Israel just decides to bomb Gaza. Yeah. Build some Hamas fighters, Hamas fires rockets into Israel. And then they're yeah. like, they're firing rockets at us. We've got to destroy the place. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what makes this time a bit different, but it's still the same dynamics. Right. Yeah. But um yeah, the, the, so the, their whole thing is that there's this media bias against Israel, and we need to combat it. Um, and um, which is like insane. Yeah, no, like, obviously the media anyone... is very much pro-Israel. We like Israel in this country. There are supporters. They're the bastion of civilization yeah, in yeah. the Middle East. Everyone, most people in this country believe that in Canada and in America. I, I would venture to say that most people believe. The, like the basic statement that, oh, we love Israel, we're allies. You know, for, yeah. on, on Edmonton, on the Edmonton Stadium, in your, in your neck of the woods, they had the we stand with Israel for it. You know, I don't know. Right, and like yesterday, yeah. yesterday, when, when Israel is literally ethnically cleansing Gaza, it's we stand with Israel. And, and, and you know, all these people who were saying a few days ago, oh, why, why did you criticize Israel now? They're still in mourning. It's like, well, when's the right time? 
when's yeah. the right time when 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 uh half the people in gaza are expelled or die yeah. is, is that is that okay or no because they're going to have some other excuse because there's going to be more violence in israel i suspect um but yeah. Um, I, I remember mean, also, asking the, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Oh, it's just also easy to criticize because it's like, uh, oh, well, uh, yeah, Hamas did the attacks, but who empowered Hamas to begin with? You know, there is like a direct violence, but then there is, you know, who's at the top, you know, what, who is actually directing this violence or giving it a right. funnel. And, and, and just the daily brutalities, this is every day. Not only are, are are Palestinians regularly killed with scant, not that it doesn't get covered in the media, but it's scant and it's forgotten about until um, Palestinians do something in in retaliation, and that doesn't. And I'm really tired of having to to add this caveat, but with the political climate as it is. Um, you know, noting that just because you're saying something is retaliation doesn't mean it's justified, yeah. which, uh, you know, the Israelis don't like hearing either because then it's mm -hmm. like, wait, so you're saying what we're doing is wrong too? Sounds pretty anti-Semitic to me. Yeah. But, um, um, uh, but anyways, yeah, this honest reporting, right, it's just some student who's yeah. doing some internship or something. And I was like, like okay you want to fight media bias against israel but it seems that like what you're advocating for is actually media bias towards israel right mm -hmm. i mean they they just nitpick right mm -hmm. if if you're like in media and saying something pro-palestinian and you make some some minor error they will pounce on it and be like yeah. see this person doesn't know what they're talking about why are they lying why are they lying why are they lying about the world's only jewish state yeah. and then and, and sometimes they do catch like like again, minor factual errors that do warrant. Um, yeah. uh, but often, like their uh, fact checking will just be their opinion, and just yeah. being like, "This opinion is not fit for publishing. Yeah. It's wrong." Um, you know, they and they have a list. Uh, they have like a glossary of like problematic terminology. And I mean, your listeners can't see, but I'm doing air quotes. Mm -hmm. And, and one of them is West Bank, which they think um, should be called Judea in Samaria, which is what the fanatical Orthodox Jewish settlers who colonized the West Bank uh, refer to it as, which, I mean, tells you what their sort of uh, agenda is. But anyways, this 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 student, I, you know, I asked her that and she was like, well, we just, uh, no, we ensure that Israel is treated fairly in the media. But I'm like... Well, okay, but like, what is fair? Like, isn't like it, I don't know. It seems what you're advocating is that uh, uh, perspectives that are different than the Israeli government's get taken out that need to be like uh, cracked down on in the media. And um, she was just said the exact same thing, right? Yeah, like a robot. Like, oh, we just uh, no, we want to ensure Israel's treated fairly in media. Yeah. and I found that it's that sales sense. pitch thing, the sales pitch thing again, where it's just you stick to the line, you do your, your diligence, and you sell something. You know, which yeah. is that's what turned me off of it. Which is just that man, you seem really trying to convince me in a very shallow way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just because at the end, I've been talking to friends of mine, um, you know, Jewish friends who, um, you know, I've known for a while who, I, you know, I always suspected were like probably like 
Because you know when someone is like a Zionist because they don't shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they yeah, love that country. You know, but but yeah, friends of mine who are like, wow, I'm like this, this what, what's happening now has really woken me up and I'm, I'm looking into it and it's crazy, like all these things that we weren't told about and that we were just taught to assume that Palestinians hate us because we're Jewish and not because we, uh, you know, um, kick them out of their yeah, homes to create the a, Nakba. A, yeah. Yeah, exactly. A Jewish state, um, which has been really heartening to see. But I was talking to one friend of mine, a good friend who's he's not very political, right? At all. Like I don't think he votes. Um maybe he's voted a couple of times, but like he's not like, you know, he doesn't pay, but um you know, he's a very like emotionally intelligent guy, I would say. And like I, I was talking to him, and it's like he was like, yeah, you know, I don't really, like, I've never known much about this issue, but it's always like, I've always, you know, something's felt off about it, about how the, the way people like talk about Israel. And and I was like, you know, it really does come down to vibes, like having your heart in the right place, knowing something's off. And then, you know, you do your homework going through that and you just right, not that you just read another perspective and then it's like, oh, this actually makes a lot more sense than what I've been told. This this is like, yeah. it, it's a lot more compassionate and humane. And, um, you know, because I, I, I mean, I, 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 I think, you know, Jews are, Israeli Jews are there to stay. And I don't think anyone serious is saying they all need to leave, like like yeah. the, the French in Algeria. But it's just they need... There needs to be some sort of configuration, whether it's yeah. a binational state or some sort of confederation, um, or uh, I don't know, like a series of independent fiefdoms, like whatever, where <laughs> Jews and Palestinians have the same rights. Yes, yeah, that's, period. And yeah. yeah, that means Israel shouldn't be a Jewish state. Fucking cope, cope. Yeah, it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It, you know, in in. I mean, you could say, oh, well, do you think Saudi Arabia should be an Islamic state? And I would say, well, Saudi Arabia doesn't go around committing atrocities in my name, but in my irrelevant opinion, um, yeah, no, I don't think Saudi Arabia should be a, uh, a theocratic uh, monarchy, yeah. uh, right? And that's always the thing where they're trying to say these double standards against Israel. Yeah. And it, 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 they're, like they're not double standards at all. Yeah. It's just they don't want you talking about Israel, period. So unless you criticize every other country in the world in the same breath that you criticize Israel, then you might be doing anti-Semitism yeah right and in with the ira definition of anti-semitism that all these pro-israel groups um who at least in canada completely mask themselves as jewish advocacy groups like the neighborhood and the center for israel and jewish affairs and the local jewish federations which i'm told is actually quite different in the states where like jewish federations just focus on like local jewish community stuff and then like apac does their thing and obviously there's overlap but it's not like like in in canada the jewish federations fund the center for israel and jewish affairs which is essentially our apac mm -hmm. so there's this that institutional linkage between them that that fuels this conflation of jews in israel um and then they get mad when people on the other side do it and um but yeah, yeah, that's, um, that's always the case 
but yeah, this IRA definition of anti-Semitism. I don't know, like. Have you read it, Alex? Like, the, now, what is the IRA the... definition of anti-Semitism? Well, basically, it's a f- bunch of gobbledygook. Uh, like, it, it, it's not. <laughs> but basically, it was developed as this sort of academic exercise. What is it? To... Being mean to any Jew is anti-Semitism. <laughs> not quite. But here's here's what. And tell me if it if it if it. Um, if this clarifies anything. Okay. Let's anti-Semitism is a certain perception of Jews, which may be expressed as hatred towards Jews. Rhetorical and physical manifestations of anti-Semitism are directed toward Jewish or non-Jewish individuals and or their property toward Jewish community institutions and religious facilities. Okay. Like it's just pablum, right? But so this wasn't can meant... be hate towards Gentiles can also be anti-Semitism. I, I yeah, I guess can. if you're, if, yeah, exactly. And it's so vague. If you, and... if you, if you, I guess paint a, a swastika on an Italian guy's house, I guess that would be anti-Semitism. Yeah, yeah, I guess in, in, but like that is like relatively innocuous. Like it's vague, but it's like okay, yeah. whatever. But then it, it basically it outlines these examples of what constitutes anti-Semitism. What constitutes anti-Semitism, Jeremy? <laughs> what? Uh, what uh, they okay, well there are a bunch. There okay. are there are eleven examples. Six of them uh, are in relation to the state of Israel. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> that yeah. seems very specific. Right, exactly. And so some of them are like calling for aiding or justifying the killing or harming of Jews in the name of a radical ideology or an extremist view of religion. Um, that's kind of a weird framing. Like but that's sure, clearly, you know, yeah. Yeah, like whatever. Like I'll give them that. Um making mendacious, dehumanizing, demonizing, or stereotypical allegations about Jews as such, or the power of Jews as collective, such as, especially, but not exclusively, the myth about world Jewish conspiracy, or of Jews controlling the media, economy, government, or other societal institutions. I mean, that's fair enough, but that's like, it's also- That gets to the root of saying you can't criticize Hasbro because you're saying Jews control the media. Right, right. You can't criticize the Israel lobby, right? Yeah. Like they would, like John Mearsheimer and Stephen Waltz book, right? Um, about That's the very Israel. reasonable on its face, but it, it's going to be utilized in yeah, that face. Yeah, exactly. And you have to remember that the group's pushing for every government to adopt the IRA definition, which it says on its website, it's non-binding. It's non-binding, but sure. the groups pushing for it, while emphasizing it's non-binding, are also like, we need governments to endorse this, we need schools, we need law enforcement, we need like every sector of society to endorse this particular vague definition of anti-Semitism. But let me uh, let me go on here. We'll, we'll get to, there's Holocaust denial, obviously anti-Semitic. Sure, yeah. Um, now here's, here's where, uh, accusing the Jews as a people or Israel as a state of inventing or exaggerating the Holocaust, yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, accusing Jewish citizens of being more loyal to Israel or to the alleged priorities of Jews worldwide than to the interests of their own nations. I mean, I guess that's fair, but it's also like, 
I don't know. That doesn't add to people accuse Jews of that. That seems like an old thing that people yeah, used to like do in the dual 60s, loyalty. but nobody does that anymore. Cause like, yeah. And again, it's, it's weaponized being like, yeah. Oh, you talk about um, how like Elon Omar, right. When she was saying that these pro like APAC is, is uh, forcing American politicians to pledge loyalty to a foreign state. Mm -hmm. Like that's not anti-SMIC, but under that's, this definition, yeah. I mean, it could be uh, interpreted that way. Um, now, here's one. Denying the Jewish people their right self-determination. Example, by calling that the existence, by claiming that the existence of a state of Israel is a racist endeavor. Okay, uh, so yeah, very no, specific. Yeah. Yeah. Like creating a Jewish ethno state is racist. Fuck you. Like I'm, I'm going to. That uh, right, um, cordoning off, no, cordoning, cordoning us off into a, a piece of land, uh, in the in the global south. You know, Hitler didn't want to do that at all. You know, that wasn't yeah. the original plan. You know, no, the early the early Zionists, uh, the the Leahy, the Leahy, the Stern gang didn't want nothing to do with Nazism. They weren't trying to reach uh, an agreement with Hitler. Right. <laughs> Google that. Trust me. Google it. Google uh, Stern Gang uh, Nazism to find out more about how they didn't want to collaborate with Nazis. Right. They didn't um, want to do that. No, they did not. It's yeah. actually anti-Semitic to say they did. It's very so, anti-Semitic, according to Ira. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Applying double standards by requiring of it a behavior not expected or demanded of any other democratic nation. <laughs> so it's like america kills kills millions of people in iraq so we get to do it too yeah like what, what does that mean like 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 that is so vague it makes no fucking sense yeah. um oh, Ch Ch china does you know <laughs> you know china they get to do their thing we can't do our thing <laughs> yeah um in uh okay here's one uh using the symbols and images associated with classic anti-semitism example of jews killing jesus or blood libel to characterize israel or israelis sure i mean yeah sure i'll give that to you uh drawing comparisons of contemporary israeli policy to that of the nazis <laughs> well hold on because yeah no, i mean <laughs> Look, I I mean, I've increasingly come around to the position that comparing Israel to the Nazis is um, not just like acceptable, but like uh, a moral necessity. Yeah. Um, you know, I think because of my upbringing, there was some sensitivity around there. And I was like, I don't know if it's helpful, but honestly, the people you're alienating with that aren't gonna listen to yeah. you anyway so yeah, I can, yeah if you want to can I, I mean it's I, hard I not think, it's increasingly know, I, hard not to it's difficult because in terms of like what nazi germany was like a state gone mad like where 80 percent of the populace believed in this sort of uh death urge everybody's a hero thing you know like if, if you read in like umberto echoes ur fascism you know the characteristics that he describes very much describe Israel, especially especially having a culture based around uh, primarily the military. You know, America is like a military culture, but plenty of people, most people, I would reckon, are still you know, th there's a more a bigger variety of people than in Israel, where everyone is very military oriented and has that sort of uh, them or us mentality that defines fascism. 
where it's yeah. uh, we need an out group in order to define ourselves as a nation. And we need to yeah. do terrible things to this out group. And once that out group is eradicated, we'll find another out group. Yeah. And I mean, like, like think about like my, my, my response to that is that these pro-Israel um, propagandists are constantly comparing the Palestinians to Nazis. So if they can compare Palestinians to Nazis, I think it's completely sensible to be like, turn the tables and be like, well, I don't know who is, uh, who just expelled a million people from their homes. Yeah. But who's trying to, who's trying to get other countries to take them in because they don't want them. And what happens after that? What happens after that? But they operate on the childlike logic that Jews can't be Nazis. Jews are the opposite of Nazis. Didn't you learn anything? They're the enemies of Nazis, right? They can't do anything similar to them. Why would they? Right. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, I mean, um, it is this, this really like, uh, infantile logic that, um, yeah, because Jews were victimized by Nazis in the past, they can't ever be perpetrators. And that, that to me is, deeply anti-semitic like deeply coddling and anti-semitic because you're also associating me with these fucking nazis i don't want to be associated which which actually brings me to the the final um example in the ira definition of anti-semitism holding jews collectively responsible for the actions of state of israel i agree that i like i agree that's anti-semitic but the the biggest propagators of that are uh pro-israel organizations Mm mm-hmm and, yeah. and the purveyors of that, you the very birth, people. Right. It's good. It's you need to do it. You need to go to birth. Yeah. That's what the guy was saying. You have to, you're, you are a Jew. Israel is a part of you. You must, you know, there's no escaping it. You are eternally drawn there like some big magnet. But yeah, but also the, the IRA um, um, definition in its preamble, I forgot to mention this. It says criticism of Israel similar to, to that leveled against any other country cannot be regarded as anti-Semitic. Um, so if I say Israel's committing genocide against Palestinians, like Canada committed genocide against indigenous peoples, mm-hmm. I don't think the people pushing, ramming the IRA definition down the throats of governments are going to say that's not anti-Semitic. Because again, they would say, um, they would find one of these other examples and be like, um, oh yeah, but you're, um, you're, um, you're comparing Israel to the Nazis, right? Yeah. It's like, well, actually I'm comparing Canada to, to the Nazis. But, oh, but okay. there were Nazis in Canada, right? So you're comparing Israel to the Nazis, you know? I mean, even though I guess that was pre-Nazi, but you know, anything, the problem with these vague definitions is any one of them can be twisted around or, you know, the the one that you can be, the one that you could use is like uh, saying the uh, uh, stereotypes of Jews one. Oh, it's like, oh, you're saying we're colonial settlers. That's blood libel. You're saying that's blood libel again, you know? Yeah. It's like literally anything we can't, any argument we can't rebut is a blood libel. And it works because in the popular memory, I mean, that's the thing that I've observed about liberals that especially hold on to Israel is the image of Israel in a lot of people's minds is of the progress 
of liberalism, of the progress of democracy, because it's like, well, we used to hate the Jews and now they got their own country because of us. Isn't that good? Right. You know, we did a good thing that proves that we're, you know, moving stuff along. Right. So if it turns out what they did, the aiding of this this country, this ethno state into sort of this this perversion of Judaism, if that suddenly they can't accept that because then their worldview crumbles, the idea that we live in sort of a flawed but ultimately progressive and just society that's arcing towards some sort of history because, you know, neoliberal democracy is good. Right. And so if you say that Israel is bad or, you know, uh, uh, the support of Israel is, in fact, anti-Semitic, uh, then, you know, they can't accept that because their whole worldview shatters. It, it like, it, it's like a big component of their idea of progress is we treat the Jews good now. How do we know Israel? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it. it, it, it and and that's another thing that that also a, a sort of contradiction um, of Zionism that that really made me question it was this fact that we were constantly told that Israel is a democracy, just like Canada, just like America or Australia, and or, or the UK. Yeah, they always say, hey, they like, voted for Hamas, so just like Gaza, <laughs> just like yeah, yeah, um, um, but. <laughs> But then it's like, okay, but what about the dark side of these democratic countries that we live in that we're, we're, we're told Israel is exactly like, right? Mm -hmm. What about killing of indigenous people? What about the British Empire, right? And what about slavery? What about Jim Crow, right? And But you're not, no, no, not not like that, right? It's mm -hmm. it, it's only the good stuff. The bad stuff, talk about that, you're any smack. But I just wanted to uh, pull something up. Uh, mm -hmm. here's, a, here's a little op-ed from in the guardian in 2019 yeah by kenneth stern who's now, kenneth stern uh well here's the headline i drafted the definition of anti-semitism right-wing jews are weaponizing it oh no so oh no he's the guy who wrote who this thought? definition. Who yeah because because it wasn't again it, it it's like he he says in the piece which uh is very um very good piece and i mean this guy's not anti-zionist he's like a liberal zionist mm -hmm. but he's saying that the, the the definition's imperfect right like it was meant it wasn't meant to be adopted as like public policy into guide legislation it was meant as like an academic exercise mm -hmm. right and but, but it's being weaponized by these pro-israel organizations and um, uh, a friend of mine uh, who's uh, anti-Zionist, who's quite involved in the Jewish community in Calgary, asked the Jewish Federation when they were trying to get Calgary City Council to endorse Ira, and Calgary City Council, Council didn't. Um, um, the, um, he, he asked them, well, what, what, what do you have to say about the fact that the person who wrote it said it, it, it's being weaponized and it's not intended to be used that way? And the Jewish Federation guy was just like, oh, but it's the gold standard. It's the gold standard. That's their talking point. And it's like, there are other definite. First of all, why do we need to define anti-Semitism? Like, like, and why do government, like, why do, like, why is it the job of governments to define words? Yeah. Seems like that's you know, a thing for like a human rights tribunal or something like that. It seems like you know that yeah. would be more of a yeah, relevant like is there is there a legal field? Like is there a definition of anti-black racism that 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 like 
governments have adopted so they can know what anti-black racism is or do they just use their fucking head well often they don't but yeah. um i mean not just you know I, I think you know but yeah so i mean even the fact that we need to define it begin with speaks to just the nebulous quality of the phrase anti-semitism to begin with yeah yeah in 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 anyways i mean it's just such a like bad faith um yeah. exercise and it's not even about what the definition says it's the the groups who are advocating it want to use it because it allows them to be the ultimate uh, um arbiters of how it's interpreted right right and that's why it's dangerous it's not even about what's in it it's it's the the sort of forces that are coalescing around it these dark forces who are openly um you know applauding ethnic cleansing now and i i don't know if you maybe want to pivot to like more current stuff yeah i think but... well we've been talking about our uh, just the basic I want to establish it's important for Jews to speak up about this, too, because all, all of the time our identities are being weaponized in order to carry out something terrible. You know, they're saying this is for you. Right. And that's just disgusting <laughs> to my very core. I hate it so much. You know, and I don't want to get like give anyone the impression that I'm talking about this because it is you know, of the mode or the trend. This is like I don't talk about politics very often. This is the one issue that I feel very invested in because they are investing me in it. They're pulling me into it because I'm Jewish and I share some some part of this heritage. You know, the guys at uh, Young and Bathurst, uh, when I'm on the bus at Young and Bathurst, ask me to do tefillin with them because they know that <laughs> that's happened to me a couple of times. Uh, has an Orthodox Jewish fellow ever asked you to do tefillin with them? Yes, but I just wanted to point out um, Young and Bathurst um, is not an intersection you're, in Toronto. You're right. It's uh, Lawrence and uh, Lawrence, Lawrence and Bathurst, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they used to when even when I went to when I moved on to uh, public school, um, I went to public school in a very Jewish neighborhood where I lived, and they would be like the the they're they're Chabadniks, I think, right? They're part yeah. of the Chabad movement, which is a particular sect of ultra orthodox Judaism that is Zionist, and they're very evangelical, but in a way that it's only within the Jewish community. Like yeah. they're trying to convert and save uh, Jews who follow a, a a different type of denomination or yeah. are secular, not religious. That they want to convert them. They don't care about non Jews. Yeah interesting but uh they would fucking wait outside our public school and then just go around being like excuse me are you jewish yeah and then you would say yeah <laughs> and they'd be like have you put on tefillin today and tefillin how do you how do you describe tefillin to like a non-jewish person i was trying to explain it to my they, partner they wrap a cloth like around your arm it's like if you were... well, it's like it's not a cloth though it's leather yeah you... it's an arm wrapping ceremony well but also it, there's a box yeah. And like the box goes on your bicep. And this is like, anyways, Google to fill in. It's a weird, it's a, it's a, it's it's a ritual fight. you do to bring you closer to God or whatever. It's one of Yeah, the, exactly. The and then it, it, these guys are like, and if you make the mistake of saying yes, they're like, oh, have you put on to fill in today? And it's like, no, of course not. I, I, I like, I have other things to do. I don't yeah. need to put on to fill in today. And they're like, oh, you should try it. It's like the most amazing feeling ever. Like, <laughs> it, like they just try and sell you so hard like, on it. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. Or they'll be like, no, 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 I got a bus to catch. And they're like, it will only take 
three minutes. And it's like, no, 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 no. I, I, my bus is here in like two minutes. He's like, don't worry. One minute, one minute. Like they're <laughs> one just minute really want it real quick. It's, it's like it, right. They're, they're yeah. saving your soul. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and so Chabad, it, it, and I believe it's the fastest growing denomination of Judaism because they recruit aggressively, yeah. which other Jewish denominations don't. Um, and uh, it, it's interesting because like, uh, you, of course, the bulk of ultra ultra orthodox Jews are anti Zionist, mm-hmm. but they're part of the the Satmar movement, the Satmar Hasidic movement that is totally insular, yeah. right? They're almost like the opposite of of Chabad, whereby, like, I don't even think I've met a Satmar person in my life, and I I lived in like the Jewish community in yeah. like the Jewish city in Canada. And yeah. I, I, grew up I there. drove through Kyrgios Joel because me and my friends were just interested to see what Kyrgios Joel was like when I was living in New York. And I saw Satmar people and I didn't talk to them. Yeah, but what, I mean, they I, a lot of them don't speak English. They speak Yiddish. Yeah. Which is kind of like, like, kind of like uh, quaint and, and, and like charming. And, I mean, I love uh, Yiddish. I like if in terms of what I want to learn, I would rather learn Yiddish than Hebrew, in in my opinion. So it's a, it's a yeah. fun, I mean, all of the Jewish words that everyone knows in the West are Yiddish words like fakakta or. You know, yeah, yeah. Schmuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all the good stuff. Yeah. Um, but because your your mom is Jewish. My mom is Jewish. Yeah. Right. And so did her parents. Like where were her parents from? Her parents, her her mom was from England, uh, and her mom was in the Blitz. So she had sort of like uh, very pro-Israel because she directly faced Hitler, and you know there was a, and uh, her, her dad was Canadian. Uh, so was she a fan were, of the Beatles? Uh, she was a fan of the Beatles at the time. I actually went through her old eight-track collection one time and I found the Deep Purple tape, and I was like, yeah, right on, mom. Right on. Well, you had Machine Head. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. My mom's record collection is pretty cool, too. She has, like, some Cosby, Stills, Nash & Young, and, like, Carol King, and um, a lot of good shit. But yeah. um, so I guess it's different back because so my my parents, both my parents are Jewish, and their parents all um, either came from Europe or their parents came from Europe. Yeah. So they spoke Yiddish. But they like they like my parents didn't learn Yiddish. Like their parents spoke Yiddish when they didn't want my parents to know what they were saying. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and and so it didn't get passed on. Right. It's a dead language. I mean, I I learned Hebrew. My dad learned Hebrew too. And again, I barely know any. Um, but um, you know, because the way language, like the way the language was taught to us in Jewish day school, it was also like. Like, I just didn't care. It's like, what do I need to know Hebrew from? I, I live in Canada, right? And and I think that's something that why, you know, a guy like Richard Spencer, mm-hmm. that I'm a white Zionist, right? I want to create a white homeland um, and Jews can go to their homeland. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I, I think the idea of Zionism for Jewish people, or for for uh, increasing amounts of Jewish people, is yeah. so repugnant. Not just because of the brutality it meets out against the Palestinians daily, yeah. But I mean, that is the most important part. But also, I think from our perspective, it expects us to identify with a foreign country we've never lived in. Yeah. Right. And and and, and to support it. 
And your experience as a Jew is worth less if you're not in this foreign country. Yeah, exactly. It's like diaspora boy in Israel, man. Um, You know, and that's, yeah, I mean, uh, um, and uh, yeah, I think because before the Holocaust, that was the vast majority of Jews, right? That's what they thought, that... um, that Zionism is anti-Semitic. Why? Why do you want us to leave? Like we, um, we're we're German or yeah. we're British or yeah. we're American. What? What? Why do we want to go to some? You know, and I think a lot of them had like uh, assumptions about that part of the world that were yeah. problematic of it being like this backwater. You know, mm-hmm. um, but certainly the Zionists had those assumptions too and put mm-hmm. them into practice. Um, and uh yeah i don't know it's like because you know to take it back to you know the current uh yeah, state let's, of let's affairs take it back to what's going on right now it, it seemed to me that right after the the hamas i mean these were massacres right yeah. and we can talk about um the the propaganda that's trying to like make it not just that these were horrible evil acts which they were yeah but that this was like uh, in sub, these people are subhumans that they're beheading babies. They're yeah. just raping people. Yeah. They're, they're taking raping... a horrible thing that is provable that they definitely did. Then they're exaggerating it to make them seem like even more inhuman monsters. Which yeah, is, to make you know, it urgent, right? Yeah, I mean, there is a seed of truth. Yes, they 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 murdered people, but then they say also they did these other terrible things that make it seem much, you know, like when we think about soldier deaths or like a war deaths, you know, it's always amplified by the fact that there's like a sexual or a depraved child murder element to it. There's something added on to it uh, that makes your enemy seem much more monstrous than just killing alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, exactly. But basically, but I, I obviously after that, I, I mean, I felt like I was on fucking Mars, like, mm-hmm. like just the amount of goodwill that Israel had and people were pretending like people weren't talking about the context, right? Yeah. They were just like, I stand with Israel. Yeah. Um, all the fucking politicians. Well, isn't Sheikh, Sheikh Jarrah is in such recent memory, right? And like, that's, that was one of the few like popular groundswells I ever saw for Palestine, right? Because there was no violent reproach from any Palestinian or like very little violent reproach from any Palestinian in that conflict. It was exclusively Israel just doing doing crazy stuff. And everyone Yeah, it was violent settlers from fucking Brooklyn who yeah, claim their from Brooklyn, yeah. Yeah, who claim they're indigenous to the the Middle East. And and you know, and I think Mohammed Al Kurd, you know, sort of emerged as this really powerful young voice uh speaking out um against that. Um uh, he he's really fantastic i mean his poetry is 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 great and his journalism as well and he's a good poster he's a good poster the best one of all the most important the most important one of all speaking of which it was great seeing drill uh come out in <laughs> good, good old drill you know he made and that i think that that was when the tide started turning because once you've lost drill <laughs> once you've lost the drill vote and yeah, you, I, I wasn't reading drill it, it's so funny imagining the idea of like hasbara people arguing with drill in this comment there was there was in the replies and like all those like hindu hindu, <laughs> hindu, people. hindu people yeah oh my god is, yeah yeah um but um but yeah that goodwill evaporated so fast 
now, yeah. right? Like, I think, you know, the people that are going to stand by Israel, no matter what they do, are still going to do that. And they're going to fucking exploit the grief of these Israeli families Mm -hmm. who still don't know what happened to their loved ones or lost loved ones. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think most people, I I think the narrative has quickly gone back to what was in 2021, where it's like, you can't like, you can't, um, you know, uh, um, force these people, force these people into a cage or in the West Bank, make them go through checkpoints, make them drive on separate roads, uh, build settlements, burn their olive orchards, mm-hmm. um, kill them, arrest them. I mean, people keep saying, oh, Hamas needs to release the the hostages, the the what they have like 150 Israelis, and they should release them. But Israel has thousands of Palestinians in their prisons. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 1,100. The numbers, the asymmetry of the numbers, yeah. Yeah, and 1,100 without charges. As far as I'm concerned, those are hostages as well. Mm-hmm. And so they need to trade. And, 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 that, and that is why from a military standpoint, like, again, we don't know all the facts about this, uh, um, you know, Hamas, these Hamas massacres and kidnappings, right? And there's just this sea of disinformation that's really hard, right? This, like, house of mirrors. Um, but, like, militarily, the idea of breaking out of Gaza, taking hostages, showing that um, you're a force to be reckoned with. I mean, it does have military logic, and you take away the the morals of it. Like, it's just like, now we're closer to being on equal footing. We have leverage over you. If you want this to stop, you have to take our demands seriously. Um, But then you realize everyone knew what was going to happen next right yeah they knew um, what was i you know because you you don't do that without knowing that okay israel always retaliates 25 fold right so uh, yeah exactly and and i mean again this government as anyone who pays attention to this issue knows has members who are openly exterminationist right mm-hmm. And I mean, again, Zionism is always like Canada in the United States. I mean, that's a difference. People talk about how comparing Israel to apartheid South Africa isn't accurate. And in most ways, I think it is. Yeah. But one way in which it's not accurate, which Israel is worse, is that they just they don't just want to subjugate and exploit the Palestinians like um, the white South Africa did for black South Africans. They want to eliminate them yeah right they, yeah, I they think want people them don't to understand leave. yeah just how much just a casual genocide a genocidal attitude is accepted amongst a, a disturbingly large uh, amount of the population and it's just like they'll be night they'll be normal about other things they'll be normal about like oh yeah i like gay marriage and then it's like well what about the arabs gotta go you know it's like it, it's it's a very strange dissonance sometimes yeah yeah and it's weird yeah and it's kind of like it's interesting the way that israeli jews talk about israel and palestine Mm -hmm. and the way diaspora jews talk about it and i've been you know i alluded to this earlier but it's it, it, it 
you know, uh, the diaspora, at least of our parents' generation, and, you know, some people in our generation, it's like, oh, no, Israel's not doing any of these things, that Israel's this liberal democracy that does no wrong. Yeah. But Israelis... Yeah. But, and again, not... Uh, there are different plenty, factions. Plenty, yeah, you know, there's uh, not but, but, everyone, but, but a large portion, a significant portion. Yeah, are like, yeah, of course we did this shit, and we need to do it again. Yeah, and that's what we're seeing now. Yeah. yeah, right. The I mean, one of the ministers, I believe it was uh, uh, Smotrick, the finance minister, who's mm-hmm. uh, a, a proud homophobe. He's calling himself a proud homophobe, and maybe we could talk a bit about the sort of uh, pinkwashing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I hate that because I'll do another. Yeah. I got another identity category. I'm a I'm gay as well, and it's doubly sick when they say, oh. Oh, they Hamas hates gays. They hate gays. But then Israel bombs them and they hit the gay Palestinians as well. They also kill the gay Palestinians. Yeah. They're not doing like, them favors. Yeah. And it's like, uh, okay. Uh, and they talk about how, how, oh, gay Palestinians escape to Israel to live in Tel Aviv. And it's like, okay. What, 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 tell us more about that. Like, what, what, what did the Israeli military make them do before uh, allowing them? Permits, because again, if you're a Palestinian, you need uh, permission from Israel to travel mm-hmm. anywhere, right? Not just outside the, the, to go on a trip to Europe or something, mm-hmm. but to go into Israel. I mean, if you're a refugee, to go to where uh, your family was expelled from, you need a permit from Israel. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jews are free to go anywhere except for like uh, the parts of the West Bank. Uh, where Palestinians live in Gaza, which is not a Palestinian uh, imposition. It's the Israeli government mm-hmm. that is is keeping them separated because it is apartheid, um, though not I- completely identical to the apartheid practice in South Africa. But, uh, but it's in, still in one where was... a, a racialized group is kept under the thumb of, a, of another racialized group. Yeah. And... Um, uh, where 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 was I going with that? Uh, it was uh, the the gay gay Palestinians do not have freedom. Right, and I mean there I mean gay Palestinians I mean get blackmailed by by the Israeli military for for intelligence, right? Like mm-hmm. if you don't tell us this information you might have about Hamas, we, yeah. your parents may find out uh, that you're gay. Yeah. You know, just really psycho psychopathic shit. Yeah. Also, it's not yeah. like Israel is so much more progressive <laughs> than Gaza either. You know, is gay marriage legal in Israel? No, it's Can not. In that? fact, secular marriage is not, right? You can't, you have to have an Orthodox Jewish wedding in Israel. I I Palestinian citizens, I think, need to have like a tr- like an Islamic wedding too. Mm-hmm. Right. And like it, it's con right because there are sort of different configurations of uh, Palestinian subjugation based on where they live in Israel, because it's all Israel, right? This distinction between Israel, the West Bank, and Gaza, it's totally artificial because Israel controls it all in different configurations. So Palestinian citizens of Israel have, like, nominally have rights. They can vote, right? Um but there are many restrictions yeah. on them that don't apply to Israeli Jews. Yeah. Like in terms of also like uh, not, not just on individual level, but like on like a uh, municipal level in terms of like city planning and stuff. Yeah. Like the, the, like 
Arab cities like like Nazareth, which would I believe is the biggest one in in in, in Israel, but I mean Jerusalem as well. Um, uh, but that's inc- right. That's increasingly being Judaized, yeah. like what happened in Sheikh Jarrah by these settlers from America and, and elsewhere who are just coming and being like, "Yeah, no, uh, my family owned uh, this, uh, this." I have the um, deed from two thousand years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The... So, uh, yeah, pay me rent or you have to leave. Uh-huh. And um, but um, uh, that right? They can't like expand. Right, they can't grow, unlike uh, yeah. uh, right, and so and there are there are like over I think like fifty laws that explicitly um, discriminate against Israeli Arabs, but they do have like some degree of rights. They can, uh, you know, they vote, but they only can, if they're in Israel. They can't, you know, they can't. The thing is, the thing that affects them most is being in the West Bank. But because the West Bank nominally has its own government, you could say, oh, they have their own government. You know, they're separate, even though Israel's uh, all of Israel's policies directly affect uh, the Palestinian territories. Right. And, and the settlers, yeah. right, the, or the Jewish settlers, and not all of them are like religious fanatics. A lot of them are like uh, immigrants from like the former Soviet Union who have nothing in yeah. uh, housing is subsidized for settlers in the West Bank, right? Yeah. It, it, like Tel Aviv is one of the most expensive cities in the world to live yeah. in, but you can get, uh, 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 uh you can get, uh, a, a house for a lot cheaper in like an illegal settlement in the yeah. West Bank, like in Ariel, for example. Um, and, um, but you have all the rights of an Israeli citizen if you're a Jewish person who lives in a settlement in the West Bank. But the Palestinians who often live across the the, the wall that was built in, in 2001, which Zionists like say, oh, actually, most of it's just a fence, which is like an insane argument on its own. But it's also like it's a wall in all the population centers. Mm-hmm. Right. So for the vast majority of people who live in the West Bank, their experience of it is as a wall. So um but um yeah, this just but but yeah but uh, but the, the the people on the other side of the wall can't vote in israeli elections yeah they when when they're uh, arrested by the israeli uh military they're tried in military courts which have like a 99 percent conviction rate so even we talk about the thousand palestinians who are in israeli prisons without charges Mm-hmm. Even the ones who've been convicted, which is essentially everyone who's been charged with something, um, was in a military court. You don't get to see the evidence against you. Uh, you're tortured, right? I mean, Israel's been practicing torture for like 50 years at least. Um, and and so, I mean, I, 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 I mean, ultimately, um, uh, you know, these these are people who are kidnapped too. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it just goes to the consistent illusion of symmetry, right? Um, The idea that uh, Palestinians have technical legal control over their territories masks the idea that Israel has functional control. They basically govern the territories through military imposition, which is right. They just have like like they have the Palestinian Authority, which acts as their 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 proxies to arrest Palestinians. That's their job. The Palestinian Authority isn't allowed to protect uh, Palestinians from Israelis. Yeah. Their their job is to protect Israelis from Palestinians and to arrest Palestinians. Um, 
and 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 then Gaza, of course, you have an open air prison where Israel controls what comes in, what goes yeah. out, the water, as we know, the electricity, fuel, the airspace, the 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 um, Cement, the, the coasts, yeah, the coasts where yeah. they. Uh, I mean, if you if you're a Palestinian fisherman and you go out and fish, and um, you go past the the sort of uh, uh, maximum. Um, yeah, you go um, packed, like nine nautical miles or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get shot. They, yeah, they you get shot, right? And, and then and people say, oh, well, why can't the Palestinians resist nonviolently? And they did. They, they did have. Many they have many times. Yeah, it's many, but it's also the big uh, uh, march, uh, the march for peace, the right of return thing. The, the march of return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, even before Israel was created, during the Arab revolt, when the British were like facilitating this Jewish colonization of Palestine. There were mass strikes, mm-hmm. and the the but the, the first intifada was mostly nonviolent. Um, also, a lot of labor action in, involved in that. Um, but also, the Israelis will like you know what I mean when you have a mass group of people, one person gets violent, and it's like, oh, this was a violent assault, and it ignores what everybody else there was doing. Yeah. Um. And 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 then it tells people, um, you're not like violence is the answer, right? Yeah. And violence begets violence, and I I, I think the the events of uh, of the the last week um show how true that is and especially when one side has all the cards and one side has all the power yeah i mean that's yeah that's the trick is making people see that i think the problem is is the illusion that these people are on equal footing and usually say when you point out just um just the the incredible gap between just body count between Palestinians and Israelis or uh, amount injured or their relative rights. They say, oh, well, the Palestinians, uh, uh, the Arab countries surround Israel. They're under threat. So, you know, who's who's the real underdog here, which is, you know, belies a very narrow understanding. Okay, even if they're allied, the, the numbers, you, you can see the disproportionate numbers, right? But they just don't pay attention to that. Because I don't understand why. I I don't know. I guess because if, uh, yeah, but that's the number one thing. Once people's illusion of the symmetry starts slipping away and they realize just how much it is a larger, more aggressive, more militarily backed uh, entity, uh, more financially backed entity, uh, especially by the U.S. and Europe, uh, you know, once they uh, people start thinking about that and start discovering the asymmetry, that's when you know the wheels start turning and they realize it is a it is a situation comparable to apartheid or uh, you know uh, uh, indigenous the, the the killing of indigenous people in in the Americas or you know any any uh, other examples of settler colonialism. And what's really you know it is this seemingly last vestige of 19th century style settler colonialism that goes on today because you know most people have moved on to like different like trickier types of colonialism like the imf or something like that yeah this is the straight up like germany and angola you know doing terrible things type of settler colonialism or you know congo free state free state type settler colonialism yeah like where it's just overt 
uh, violence and suppression and torture. Yeah, just like pushing out the natives. Yeah, and right. I mean, it's it, it's the frontier, right? Yeah. It, 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 um, and um, yeah, and that's why I mean the the cause of the Palestinians, I mean, resonates so widely in the developing world. Oh yeah, um, because they see that they're going through exactly what their people went through um, throughout history, and that's why. Um, you see it votes at the UN, the, the, you know, developing countries don't give a shit about Ukraine. They don't care about NATO and Russia's proxy war. They, they want, um, you know, freedom for, for, uh, Palestine. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's very, you know, who supported, who supported Nelson Mandela, Cuba, you know, who didn't is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you saw, I've seen the video. I saw, I've been, I saw them circulating on like Instagram of uh, Nelson Mandela being grilled on American TV yeah. about um, his, cause he was very close with Yasser Arafat. I, yeah. I mean, the, um, he, he called him a comrade and yeah. he reiterated that on the TV. He's like, look, the, the ANC has many Jewish people involved with us. We think Jewish people are a very important community in South Africa, just as they're an important community in the United States. We support Israel's right to exist within secure borders, which, you know. Yeah, sure. You, agree you to disagree say, on that. say the line, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's like, but we have a very specific definition of secure borders, and that does not include the West Bank or Gaza or the Golan Heights mm-hmm. and um, um, the, 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 you know, the Palestinian cause is very important to us as South Africans. And uh, I mean, you see that. I mean, the ANC, um, you know, which is, I mean, a very like corrupt rump of, of what it was, but mm-hmm. is, is very pro-Palestinian. I mean, Archbishop Tutu. Um, said that, um, you know, Archbishop Tutu um, said that, you know, in many ways what Israel's doing is worse than apartheid. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, and it's and, funny, yeah, when you see Libs saying like, oh, to call it apartheid, that's a misnomer. No, the guys that actually went through apartheid are calling it apartheid. You know, it's it's they see the yeah. similarities. And, and, and yeah, and it's funny. I remember uh, right after Tutu died, Jason Kenney, um, you know, tweeted out about how he was like an amazing person and uh, such an inspiration and all this. And then a few weeks later, he was like, we're introducing the IRA definition of anti-Semitism um, w- under which uh, Tutu would be an anti-Semite. Because Kenny explicitly said, look, lots of people criticize Israel. Israelis criticize Israel. That's fine. But when you vilify Israel, when you accuse them of apartheid, that's anti-Semitism. And it's like, you were just saying what a great person uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu was like weeks ago, you yeah. fucking weasel. Um, freaking weasel. I mean, that's the other thing too, like the, the, which makes me uneasy about Israel is the evangelical or the Christian or the Catholic devotion to it, where, I mean, especially like the evangelical Christian Mike Pence people who want to <laughs> round up all the Jews like Pokemon and put them in Israel so the second coming of Jesus will happen. And it's like, these are the people, and I mean, also just like, who is the biggest threat to the Jews in North America, right? It's the Tiki Torch people, right? Yeah. The Jews will not replace us people. And their leader is Donald Trump, who, surprise, surprise, loves, he loves APAC. Is, you know, his buddy, buddy with Israel, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing, because Donald Trump also believes all the anti-Semitic stereotypes, but he thinks yeah. they're good. 
right? Yeah. Because he, you know, um, but yeah, actually it's interesting. Uh, someone uh, pointed out to me today, a friend here in Edmonton, that there's a Ukraine rally downtown. There's a Palestine rally like up north um, where a lot of uh, Arabs live in, in, in Edmonton, but downtown there was a Ukraine rally and someone was waving an UPA flag, like the blood and soil, like black and red uh, flag. And uh, there's Palestine rally, and I can guarantee you all these Jewish groups were fucking surveilling that Palestine rally to make sure every sign was um, totally, uh, um, uh, you know, peaceful and in, 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 in something that they can't, like, twist yeah. to uh, show that they're all a bunch of violent savages. Meanwhile, someone's literally waving, like, a Nazi collaborator flag in downtown yeah. Edmonton, and they're not going to say shit. Um, and and that's also been a really funny thing um, on, on, on seeing this all unfold on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, is all the the Ukraine flag emojis uh, who uh, stand with Israel? They stand with yeah. Israel again. The Palestinians need to stop occupying Israel. Yeah. Well, they don't accept that the Ukrainian military is filled with people with black sun tattoos. They think that's all propaganda. Right. They think and that's so all that Russian disinformation. Yeah. And uh, did you see that fake image that was going around? It was like, I knew it was fake, but it was so funny that I shared it and being like, this can't be real of the uh, Stepan Bandera statue. Yeah. Yeah. With the uh, Israeli in... flag uh, projected. Yeah. That was yeah. fake. But it's like, uh, but I was yeah. like, that. that's too on the nose. Yeah. Well, it, but... it's, uh, I think on the Brandenburg Gate, there was an Israeli flag, which is also that that was a real one, which is also just, you know, let's show hitler this let's i wonder what hitler would think <laughs> well yeah i think he would be uh maybe a little uh, enthusiastic oh they all found a place away? we can send all the jews to that's amazing. and they're killing arabs that's amazing yeah, that's two for one. yeah you know it's yeah. like yeah well uh, you know and also benjamin netanyahu said that hitler didn't want to exterminate the jews but he met with the grand mufti of jerusalem uh, Haj Alamin al-Husseini, I believe his name was. I'm yeah. sorry if I got that wrong. And uh, it was Husseini who convinced him, actually, no, you need to kill the Jews because otherwise they'll yeah. come here. Which, I mean, that's Holocaust now. Yeah. Like, you you know what I mean? In the well, I think Bibi of... should be an anti-Semite under the IRA definition, you know? I yeah, think, you funny know, how that doesn't, that doesn't apply to no, him. It's fine. It's fine that's if you're doing it for Israel. It's fine if you're doing yeah, it for Israel. Yeah, exactly. Israel. Exactly. I mean, I think that's it's it sort of embodied in like the national uh, martial arts style of Krav Maga of like crotch kicks, eye gouges, forget about any type of honor or, or fighting or, you know, we're doing we're fighting dirty. You know, I think that's sort of the the general thing. We can do anything because we've suffered for 5,000 years, and this is some well, sort of strange uh, cosmic revenge. I mean, the, the Israelis announced yesterday, um, in uh, you know, advance of this ground invasion they're going to launch you know, in the next few days, I'm sure, um, that they're uh, loosening the rules of engagement. Yeah. And, like, I, I mean, based on past experience, the IDF's rules of engagement are already pretty fucking loose, yeah. which is that if you feel you're in danger, just fucking shoot at anyone. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's going to be real bad. But have we thought about the real victim in all of this? Who is the real victim in all of this? Amy Schumer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that post where she said she, she copied the, the Niemöller poem where she said, I did Black Lives Matter. 
I did Black Lives Matter and I supported gay people, but no one supported me because I'm I am Jewish and thus permanently associated. And it had a black star of David. Yeah, just, no. you know, a perfect. I mean, everybody's coming out of the woodwork and Tara Strong the the voice of Twilight Sparkle on My Little Pony, the voice of Timmy Turner on Fairly Odd Parents, was saying some crazy racist stuff, like you know, even beyond Bartlow's the back? dumbass celebrity response. Bartlow's back. Yeah, you Bartlow see? is back. Yeah, where she she's back saying yeah, saying very positive stuff about. Hitler or saying so do also doing weird Holocaust reviews. Well, that, and that's the, that, that was my, I mean, there are people, right? Like Fartload, like Michael Shermer. Yeah. Um, here in Canada, uh, Candace Malcolm, yeah. who used to work for the conservative government. Now she runs this far right news site uh, called True North. We were saying that this is worse than the Holocaust, what, what <laughs> Hamas did to Israel, which is like so, like, I mean, First people are all, losing. No. <laughs> yeah just how just the numbers are off it's that's the well because they're you saying can't tell the difference between big numbers and small numbers six million uh, versus twelve hundred yeah. is not the, the best thing is that michael Shermer, of course is famously uh skeptic right he found right. skeptic magazine so you'd think he'd be a bit skeptical of like yeah. this hysteria but uh, you know um I guess, yeah. He, yeah, it's he's funny how the guys from like Reason like... magazine or like Skeptic magazine, they all have oddly status quo like <laughs> takes for some reason. Yeah, well, that like he's skeptical of the idea that, um, you know, there's no correlation between IQ and race, right? That's what okay. he's skeptical of. Okay. Or like that phrenology isn't legitimate science. He's skeptical yeah. of that, right? But, um, yeah, I mean, and what their point, and it's so idiotic that I feel gross like saying it, but for your listeners, it's that it, the Nazis tried to hide what they were doing to Jews, whereas Hamas is like broadcasting it mm-hmm. openly. And it's like, yeah, that's because there wasn't the internet yeah. <laughs> during, during the Nazis' And reign. the Nazis didn't even do that. The reason why Holocaust denial is so stupid is because they took the most efficient notes out of any <laughs> mass killing that had been yeah. taken up to that time. You know, They did yeah. broadcast it, essentially, in their many books and registers. Yeah, it's that people, people in, in, in America and in, in Britain and, and you know, Canada and the Allied countries didn't care. Yeah. They didn't care. Right. Henry Ford had a lot of power and he was like, no, we should stay out of this. This Hitler guy makes a lot of good points. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, um, and uh, I mean, now we have Elon Musk, who is hanging out with Benjamin Netanyahu uh, not that long ago, which makes you uh, wonder, uh, you know, there's some conspiracies. Yeah, you yeah, could... Some sort of uh, manipulation on Twitter or something. Like that. Yeah. We can't speculate on that either yeah, way. But it's I fun, think... too. We've talked about this uh, a lot, and uh, I think I, I think we should just start to end it now, just to come to a conclusion. I mean, we'll talk a bit more, but I just I, I want to make it clear. We've been talking about our Jewish identity for this whole thing, because I think it's important to establish as Jews, we are against Zionism. We are against the occupation of Palestine. Uh, but just for the last bit, I think we need to focus on you know, just the terror that has been rained on the Palestinians these last couple of days, and especially translating to this 
9-11 like fervor that has resulted in in what many people are comparing to like that post 9-11 islamophobia such that today in chicago i'm sure you heard that story about that child getting stabbed by his landlord to death that uh, uh, yeah which is so like that hits so many fucking it's like that story like that hits so many buttons for me like a landlord um killing his tenant because he's palestinian because this landlord probably was seeing posts about how uh hamas called for uh you know october 13th to be this day of jihad which you can watch the video of of khaled michelle the former founder of hamas yeah calling in not he's not a good guy but he's calling he was calling for people across the arab world yeah in the muslim world rather to protest yeah in support of palestine that's it. And then all these uh, pro-Israel accounts like took it. And that's this new thing I'm seeing is where like, I don't know if you saw this fucking radiologist freak uh, in, in, in Toronto, David Jacobs, uh, took a Nora Loretto tweet mm-hmm. where she was clearly saying that by the same logic that there are no civilians in Gaza, you could make an even more compelling case that there are no civilians in Israel because yeah. serving in the military is mandatory. And this guy screenshots this tweet with the like you can see the context yeah and then post it say oh my god nor loretto is saying that there are no israeli civilians and i've noticed that pattern of these people just sharing something that clearly isn't what they say it is and just just yeah. rage baiting and that was the case with this too i mean people were posting the video Khaled michelle saying oh he's calling for a dave jihad against jewish people all over the world yeah. and it's you watch the video and it's like yeah, and all this That's is not is is Muslim deaths. It's it just yeah. like after nine eleven, how there were a bunch of assaults and Islamophobia yeah. just became and I saw, reckoning in the U.S. Yeah, and I mean, I I don't want to take it center ourselves again as Jews, but I just yeah. like I saw so many people. Other people who are like otherwise reasonable and probably not so enthusiastic about Israel being like, wow, I'm I'm really scared to be a Jew in Toronto now um yeah these fucking pussies i hate them so much yeah. it's like you yeah. are the most secure you've ever been in your history yeah, you're yeah, in yeah. a miracle place i mean it's like that thing we were talking about chomsky earlier why do you need israel when you have new york and la he was right this is paradise for us well that's not that was well, what chomsky said was actually that the context of that quote was he was talking about how all these zionists were saying oh, what do Palestinians need to stay for? They can just live in Jordan. Yeah. And he said, well, by that logic, you could say Jews don't have, don't need Israel because they have New York. And then Alan <laughs> Dershowitz in his book did like an ellipsis and yeah. was like, Jews don't need Israel because they have New York. Noam yeah. Chomsky, which is, but but yeah, I mean, but it's the true. Thing is, I agree with that though, that's that statement. It's not for the Palestinians, but we didn't do settler colonialism. It was pre-done for us here, which is like another conversation. Yeah, but we but, benefited from it. Yeah, we absolutely benefited from it. But in that sense, it's like, this is a place where Jews are, where you're not expected to serve in the military. There's not this paranoid threat of violence that's on you constantly, at least not as much in a situation where, you know, you're surrounded constantly, right? Like, why don't you? Why don't you see North America as the promised land, right? And I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. 
exactly like fucking listen to the grateful dead right like or, <laughs> yeah. or bruce springsteen like they that's the promise land. that's the actual promise land there you, you know go, right um and, and of course i mean same problems as 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 israel it's just israel's in an earlier phase of wiping yeah. out population and i think that's why it's so jarring for us especially in canada where yeah. we've had this like national reckoning with the the you know what we did to indigenous children in residential schools by the way israel had residential schools for um jewish like mizrahi jews from the arab world to like de-arabize them there you go like yemeni jews no people don't know that yeah. And, and and that's uh, you know again Israel because Israel is bad for Jews too, right? Yeah. And then right, but um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, I think it's hard, you know, to to sort of like for us as Jewish people to sort of separate like our own experiences of Zionism and what it's done to us as a collective from what it's done to the palestinians you know because yeah. Our, yeah, our understanding of what it's done to us is based on what it's doing to the palestinians right, right yeah. and and that does i think need um uh to be the focus and i mean i mean the situation in gaza now right they so brutal terrorist attack from hamas um still a lot unknown about it um, but, uh, they weren't beheading babies and, yeah. uh, it doesn't seem like they're raping anyone. Yeah. They were doing um, regular monstrous stuff, not extremely yeah, monstrous. They were like shooting up places, which yeah. is bad on its own. You don't yeah. need to engage. In they were doing, yeah, they were doing bad murders, but so why do you need to exaggerate? That's, that's always the frustrating thing is like, we, I would believe you if you're saying they're doing the killing, it seems like odd to add on this additional stuff, but yeah, yeah, and and now the, the it's funny because I was uh, people like on Twitter and stuff, and I know a lot of them are bots now and stuff. Like I was like saying, "There's no way this happened." The beheading yeah. babies, where's the proof? Yeah, um, and I saw on CNN the host was like, "Oh my god, we've just just this is just in that Hamas beheaded babies." Wow, yeah. I guess the, this host on CNN literally said, "I guess that means there's not going to be a ceasefire." Because how can you? How can you uh, negotiate with someone yeah. who does this? And then they retract. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe, Joe just... fucking Biden said he saw the pictures of beheaded babies. And yeah, and then I was like, back. oh, whoops, no, we didn't. Yeah. And then Anthony Blinken goes to Israel, meets with Netanyahu. Netanyahu shows him pictures of like dead babies, not yeah. beheaded babies. And I can't. It does feel gross making this distinction, but it is important yeah. to deconstruct the propaganda. Yeah. Um, and and then it becomes oh all these people were denying that um that Hamas killed babies yeah and it's like no we're denying that they were do they were like yeah. remember they're saying worse well, than that's ISIS. part of the strategy ISIS because, never beheaded yeah. babies yeah they beheaded adults and then suddenly it's like oh you 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 know you support ch killing children yeah. you're fine with killing children as long as they weren't beheaded yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it's just because, how the yeah. propaganda shifts into different gears once it's been debunked. Yeah, it's because killing someone debunked. in a military operation is somewhat understandable. But like, if you if you behead the babies and you rape people, then you're animalistic at that point, yeah. and then anything can be done to you. Yeah. So Israel's response to this, yeah, is cuts out the water, the electricity, the fuel from Gaza. Yeah. Tells. Palestinians, if they don't want to die, to go to Egypt, 
which is, I mean, right there, that's ethnic cleansing. Yeah, they're trying it, to do it's exactly, to, yeah. it's exactly what happened in Nagorno-Karabakh like weeks ago, right? Yeah. Where Azerbaijan said, we were bombing the shit out here, go to Armenia. Yeah. And uh, not, no one who, not, and again, the entire Armenian population there, almost the entire Armenian population fled to Armenia and none of them I've seen interviewed have any illusion that they're going to be allowed back. And the Armenian government doesn't want them um, because, the, I mean, Armenia is not a wealthy country. Yeah. And, and, and and they've just suddenly got an influx of, of 120,000 people. Yeah. And, and and so, I mean, in, in, in 60% of Azerbaijan's weapons purchases from 2017 to 2020, when that is available, there's a really good CNN report on it, um, like before this all took place. Because, um, you know, now if they reported on that, I would be like, oh, this is a blood libel. Came from Israel. Israel sold yeah. Azerbaijan 60% of its weapons that committed ethnic cleansing with. Netanyahu saw the world, no one gave a shit. Everyone just shrugged, right? Yeah, most well, people probably haven't heard of Azerbaijan, who just committed an ethnic cleansing when the Hamas attack happened, were like, "I stand with Israel." Yeah, yeah, yeah. In mm. in Zelensky, remember, as as the ethnic cleansing of Nagorno Karabakh was happening, Zelensky was like, "Thank you so much to uh, the president of Azerbaijan, whose name I forget, um, for standing with Ukraine." And you know, what I mean, and these things are all interconnected, right? Is I I, I think a, a point I want to make, but then you know, I clearly saw that like. The world just kind of shrugged and moved on from it. And yeah. um, uh, I think it's a bit different, though, when you're the holy land. I mean, yeah, people, there's uh, a lot more eyes on you. And also, this yeah. is something that has been in the back of people's minds for years and years and years, Has was popularly activated by the Sheikh Jarrah stuff in, in 2018. And 2018? 2021, I believe. 2021. Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, then but, always, whenever people start focusing on the, like this time, it's different. But mm -hmm. All the other many of the other previous attacks on Gaza over the past 15 years, when people started paying attention to the situation in the West Bank, which is just again straight up like old school colonialism yeah. for Jerusalem, they would just start attacking Gaza and then make yeah. it about Gaza and how that this is like like Hamas are are, are, are like like the Nazis and, yeah. and we need to um we need to, you know, you, you got punch Nazis, right? Yeah. There's a there's a place that we can always go to where people live much much more desperately and thus are more likely to do violence. So yeah, uh, yeah we can always uh, poke that beehive and then yeah. say, oh no, we're under attack. But 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 yeah, and so they told Palestinians go to Egypt, bombed the crossing into Egypt. They bombed the shit out of the crossing into Egypt after telling Palestinians go to Egypt. And then they said, oh, yeah, half of you are going to have to, re I mean, you know, Gaza is one of the most densely populated places in the world. Uh, actually, Jerusalem is actually more densely populated than Gaza, which is interesting. The difference is um, if you're Jewish, you can leave, you can come and go from Jerusalem. If you're Palestinian, you can't. But, um, uh, um, well, I, you can definitely go, but you can't. Yeah, you can't. That's the problem is they'll, they'll. They'll pay you to go. They'll, well, they won't pay you to go. They'll want you to go, but you can't come back. Yeah. That's why it's very easy to get for a Palestinian to get like a, a, a long-term like travel permit mm -hmm. than to actually go to like their ancestral homes. Because if they're gone for too long, the Israelis will be like, oh, your house is ours now. Yeah. Here's a... Uh, um, 
you know, a Michael Horowitz from Brooklyn's uh, new home. Um, but um, then they said, yeah, 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 now half of you need to relocate to the already overcrowded uh, 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 south of Gaza. Mm-hmm. And, um, or is it north? No, they they wanted that everyone was relocating to the south from the north, right? Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then and everyone who isn't a fucking mark was like, that is impossible. Yeah. You can't have more than a million people relocate in this tiny strip of land in 24 hours. They said 24 hours. Yeah. Like, they're a fucking, like, Batman villain. Yeah. Right? Um, and... Uh, obviously and, and and you know one of the, uh, the i think it was the palestinian red crescent society mm-hmm. said we're saying yeah we're saying like and and, and i mean that is well, I yeah because then the, they'll do that's the heroism yeah they'll tell you to go somewhere and then they'll bomb the place where you go as well because that's uh, that's a thing they did with uh in sheikh jarrah too where they said we are going to bomb this part of gaza on twitter then everyone reposted it saying, oh, don't go to this part, you know, thought they were doing yeah. well, thought they were warning. But then they a bunch of people went to another part, which they then uh, bombed. Yeah. And I always notice like when I think like I remember when they shot up the Turkish aid ship in like when was that like 2011? Yeah. Maybe the flotilla. And I, it's just like, how are Zionists going to defend this? And they always find a way because it's the same fucking five talking points. Yeah. So now they're saying that this blatant act of ethnic cleansing is actually great. Like, like we're telling them to flee. We're, we're away from where we're bombing. Isn't isn't that wonderful? And um, of course, none of these people are interested in what the people there actually want to do yeah. right because they know their homes aren't coming back like that's it they're gonna d- flatten northern gaza yeah um and uh just today i saw they 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 so graciously turned the water back on yeah but they didn't Except- turn the electricity back on so they can't do the pumps yeah and they also bombed a bunch of the pumps so yeah. um you know, they always like to do these little yeah. PR oh, We treat there. them so humanely. We could have killed them all. We gave back Sinai. We're so humane, you know? Yeah, and, like, they gave back Sinai so to neutralize Egypt so they yeah. could, like, oc- like expand uh, into the West Bank more. And, and uh, due to Lebanon, I mean, what, what Israel's doing to Gaza now is very similar to what it did to Beirut in, in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, placing it under siege and like a complete siege and just bombing the shit out of it um having their the difference was they had like local proxies in in, in lebanon who did the like really um horrific stuff like the sabrashtila massacre like cutting women's stomach pregnant women's stomachs out and taking the baby out and shooting the woman yeah. which um apparently uh according to some twitter account mm-hmm. um hamas did and then when someone asked how do you know this? And they're like, Oh, my, my friend who's in the army told me, don't trust me, bro. Yeah. And, uh, um, and it's like, you, you just recounted the details of the Sabra Shatila massacre, which people know because they're especially horrific. Yeah. And they're like ex- ex- incredibly well-documented. Right. I mean, 1700 Palestinians killed in two days. Right. Yeah. 
like and, and it took two the israelis watched as they did it and it took them two days to be like all right that's enough yeah um and um um and yeah, yeah and, i mean now they're preparing for a ground invasion and uh, mm-hmm. so they're literally uh throwing young israelis in, in, into a meat grinder to 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 participate in this genocidal war mind you a lot of these young israelis uh think they're doing a good thing so um uh you know that's an unfortunate reality but um you know i mean it's just gonna get like so much worse and frankly i don't think it's gonna end until israeli soldiers start being killed and then yeah. the israeli public will say like why are you killing our kids like in lebanon um and um yeah i, I mean i'm not yeah i don't know it, it, it it's really bleak and it is really uh, bleak at this situation <laughs> but do not despair the palestinians do not give up so you should yeah. not either the most immediate thing you can do is of course donate to the organizations we said at the the top of the the top of the episode but also if you have friends that are on the fence about this um that these are the people who you can talk to people that are like oh no isn't it complicated if you have knowledge and are somewhat passionate you 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 don't necessarily have a moral obligation to change these people's minds but it's good if you find someone where the the propaganda hasn't really got to them yet you can basically get to them first and i think if if you're if you're doing that that's some small way that you can uh change political messaging around this other than that we pay for this so you can pressure political people you can write to them you can organize you can go along with people that show up at offices you can move bodies there's there are things you can do i know that you have this overwhelming sense of powerlessness because our governments are making us complicit in this terrible thing right now, but um, you cannot give up the you cannot give up the fight because they they do not, and we have it much easier. So you know, don't despair. Get get mad and get determined. Yeah, and I think that's an important point you make too, because especially when there's, I mean, again, France criminalized. Palestine solidarity rallies. You have here in Canada the government saying that these are pro-Hamas rallies and um they're celebrating terrorism. Like go out there and, and the more people the better. Like y- y- you know what I mean? Like show that you won't be yeah. intimidated by these the this this fake narrative yeah. that um these people are just celebrating the massacre of civilians and not objecting to uh the massacre that's happening right now and the 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 daily subjugation of palestinians that happens when the guns aren't blazing and not to mention the historical massacres which greatly outnumber uh the death tolls of any uh israeli of, of israel so yeah i think that jeremy thank you for coming on to talk about this uh, it's a, you can catch his, you can follow him on Twitter. He's got a book. It's good. Uh, don't want to plug too much cause that seems a little crass, but, uh, yeah, follow, follow Jeremy on Twitter. Um, and that links to all of his stuff. Um, please, uh, f- if you can donate to the organizations mentioned at the top of the episode or, uh, do your research and find one, anyone that uh, appears to be legit and, uh, 
it, it just, I know it seems like throwing money at this is uh, sort of vague and disconnected from any actual thing, but it actually does help. So one of the few times I will advocate for charitable giving these Palestinian organizations, there doesn't seem to be as much graft as with other charitable organizations. So I, I feel I can, I can endorse them. So PCRF, MAP, uh, ANIRA, uh, the, the UN one you mentioned, um, and yeah, please support a Palestinian Red Crescent Society. Yeah, Palestinian Red Crescent Society, all, all good choices. Please do that. And uh, thank you for coming on, Jeremy, to talk about this serious subject, which you have much greater knowledge of than me. So it really helped out. No, thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, it's been a while since I've been on this show, and uh, my have you grown. Uh, and it's been really great to see uh, a lot of people. Uh, um becoming uh fans of your work which i've been uh you know since the beginning so i'm uh i'm really grateful that you had me on your show and uh um to, you know to talk about um this issue um with someone also who you know i've always seen eye to eye on it and uh yeah, yeah i think uh this was a a valuable um discussion and i think it needs to uh, be happening more among yeah. Jews and I'm seeing it start. I, I, I do think that, that this is um, being a catalyst for change. Yeah. It's just whether that change can come before it's too late and um, you know, you just gotta do what you can. Yeah. And so, yeah, anti-Zionism is uh, not anti-Semitism and here's two Jews who will tell you that. Yeah. And, From uh, the river to the sea. Palestine will be free.